Hey everyone, welcome back to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. We are here for issue 200. It's a thick issue with two C's. Yeah, it's gigantic. That's why we are back to our old format of one issue for this episode. Yes. It's a lot. It seems like a big deal to go to 200. Yeah. So there's some bonus content at the end. Yes. Um, But we'll get to that when we get to the end. Yes, we are joined by um, two fellow podcasters with a great amount of experience. But that experience may be just eating treats. While well, well, being in the same room as a recording. Yes. It's Nick and Nora. Nick and Nora are here. They are uh, very sleepy ones. They are. And um, since our last episode, they are getting along even better. For the most part. Yeah, they're working out some hierarchical differences. Um, but overall, they're living together once again. Yeah, we put a wall up at night. Yep. Just because we can't be there. We We can't really supervise. Yeah, don't really want to sleep on the couch. No. Um, So for the next week, that's going to be the status quo, and we'll extend that if need be. But um, they seem to be overall enjoying being with one another again. Yes. (laughs) I'm a little, little tentative, but... I mean, I think Nora is still upset that Nick has stolen her spot in the clubhouse, a.k.a. a Target box with two doors cut into it. Yes. That they have also, this door does not meet our expectations. We're going to eat around it. Yes. So it's more of like a portal door. Yes. And um, I got a delivery from Big Bad Toy Store today of the figures I ordered from the new Avengers wave that were due out in like May or something. You got them early? Yes. Um, So it happened with Multiple Man as well for the X-Men Legends retro line, that one. Oh. Where I got those early, and then I think it depends on when you get your order and it's first come, first serve. Oh, so they get it out the door as soon as they get it in the order that they receive them? Yes. So I had put in my order for Multiple Man, Multiple, Multiple Men. (laughs) <laughs> um right away when they went up for pre-order and i did that for these three as well i did not buy the entire wave because i didn't think that i needed marvel's orb which is an eyeball as a head just an eyeball yes um ultimate captain america i don't i don't need another cap i feel like you have many caps already yeah and yelena belova yeah yeah exactly so i got molecule man that he's an avengers villain um he has a fun design very purple and green yes with some purple flames on his hands yep what does he do he uh, manipulates molecules like a microwave maybe <laughs> it's been a while since i read a molecule man story we have a nazi baron von strucker oh we know baron von strucker parent, um parent of fenris Yes. Grandparent. I don't get why Angel and Monet didn't just kill them and put them at the very back of the line for resurrection. Should have. The Build-A-Figure is Puff Adder. I didn't think I needed this Build-A-Figure in my life. Puff Adder? Yes, he's like a snake. Oh. A Puff Adder is a type of snake. Oh, I only know Black Adder because it's Rowan Atkinson. 
So uh, Baron von Strucker, he can get beat up by my Avengers. That makes sense. And uh, the new Wonder Man, because I love Simon Williams. He's in his action jacket with his turtleneck. He does have a jacket. It's his Hollywood look with his sunglasses. It's great. Um, It is a statement belt. It is. And some statement boots. This is his uh, outfit circa late 1970s. Oh, that jives. Yeah. So I'm sure I want to know how many of these Mr. Scott Free is getting. Like, I mean, you really only need one now because you can take it out of the box. And if you want to display the box, you can because there's no window. Which is great because you can recycle the entire thing. Oh, that is nice. Which I have been recycling them even when they had plastic windows. I chucked everything into the recycling bin. I did too, and I really hope that they are. I don't I, know if it's a type of plastic that can be recycled. I think they have the symbol imprinted on it. But some people put that symbol on even though it's not actually. I know. So Because petroleum companies are terrible. So those are my three new action figures to add to the literal mountain of action figures that... And you're looking at stuff that's not even Marvel. All of the Marvel stuff is over here in this trunk. Oh, in the trunk? Yes. Oh, I was looking at the other mountain. The other mountain is like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and things like that. And a Spock Kirk death scene. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's from... that. I think I'm bringing some of that stuff that you see in that box in particular to Trek trivia. Oh. To give out to the Trek gays. Well, that's because funny. I don't need it. I might keep the Funko because it's a death scene, but I have the, you know, Hallmark Christmas ornament of, of Spock's scene. death. So do I need a Funko? Probably not. And then someone that says, oh, you push the button and it says, I will always remain your friend. Yes. Wow. Yes. Nothing says Merry Christmas. I have been and always shall be your friend. <laughs> As Spock dies. He gets yes. resurrected like Jesus. Christmas, you know. Um, Praise. Praise be. Planet. Praise be. Yes, the Genesis planet. Uh, sidebar, I never... I don't know when he put his soul into Dr. McCoy. I don't know either. I feel like Vulcans need physical contact for their telepathy. Oh, wait, he did. I. You might have fallen asleep. I always fall asleep. You fell asleep during Wrath of Khan, which is like a Trek sin. Oh. But you did anyway? I mean, I love DS9. That makes up for it. Um, I got Trek Comics in the mail. The full original run of the Marvel Star Trek from the motion picture. picture. So I think it's 1980 to 81. There are 18 issues. And I skipped ahead to issue four, which is when original stories start. And it's crazy. It's a flying haunted house in space, you said. Yes. And who doesn't love that. And in the letters column in that issue, someone was like, oh, I hope you do like other fun stuff. And they're like, well, (laughs) we'll try to do fun stuff, but we can only base our stories off of the motion picture. And like original stories surrounding whatever is contained, like the characters. So they've already taken some liberties with, you know, a floating haunted house in space. That's oddly specific and like very limiting. Right. You can only use this movie. Yeah. Well, there's the only movie out. So, but still, you think they'd want to do something exciting with it. Right. Like what they did with the animated series where they just sort of kept continuing on. Yes. Yeah. But then you also got some Peter David Star Treks. 
Yes, from a local comic store. I got some. Um, some of them I already had from a dollar sale, <laughs> which compelled you to say, maybe you should add Star Trek to your spreadsheet now. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Um, but we have a pretty decent run of DC Star Trek. There's like a short box for you to dig into. Yeah. And I really tried to entice you the other day, and you're like, not now. I was a sleepy bun then. I'm a sleepy bun now. I feel like... I'll turn into Asta, who upstairs is a loaf, but is listing. Yeah, she's very sleepy because Nick and Nora have an expanded house where they have more room because they're living together. So Asta got much more romping time this morning. Yeah, which All is the romping time. Yes, which is good for her, and it's good for Nick and Nora to have a bigger house too. So we have issue two hundred here. We do. It's sort of a. A bit of a reset. We had just finished a major plot arc. Yes. And with the Summer's Rebellion, with not yet evil, but still evil, Trevor Fitzroy, that I don't think anyone else knew was evil. Yeah. Layla's actual power was revealed. Yeah, she can resurrect people as again. Tis the reason for the season, (laughs) Layla Miller. Without souls, though. I mean... We can talk about coming back after three days in Iraq. What? On the third day. Oh. And roll back that rock. Does he have a soul? Who knows? There was Who knows? A, there was a decrepit doom in the future that sent Jamie back, but Layla was not there. They split? Were, separated? Somehow. Yeah. Doom. Doom's gonna doom. And he, yeah. Jamie went back to Detroit backwards 80 years. Layla went back someplace else. Yeah. So theoretically, we well, saw that. 80-ish years. Yeah. She, she went, went back, back a, a, bit, a, a bit more. Yeah. She zapped her younger self with all sorts of knowledge of stuff. And now she's just kicking it somewhere in the previous, like, 45 issues leading up to that crossover. Yeah. Staying out of sight. There are, like, some par- time paradoxes happening, if you really think about it. She Maybe. comes back as that not none. But then that there's a hologram. That was her oh, future that's self. True. So now that we have older Layla. Now that that, that younger yeah. Layla that she's at all the memories into. Yep. And then she went back in the and future. Forward. Yeah. So now we're grown in up it. Layla can be elsewhere and now can reveal herself now that younger Layla is in the future. In the future. Yes. Perpetually. So I think that's how time works. So I don't know. Who was it in Star Trek Voyager? Jamie said time temporal anomalies gave her a headache. Yes. Yes. That that tracks. Same girl. Okay. So the recap page. Having relocated from Detroit back to New York City to take advantage of all the potential business in their superhero community, the current roll call, besides Madrox, include the super strong Guido, the extra dimensional warrior Shatterstar former ground shaker Richter, the evolutionary-powered Darwin, and the luck-oriented Longshot. Noticeably absent are the distaff members Monet and Siren, but that's going to be changing shortly. So this, from how that's laid out, might have been marketed as like a jumping-on point for people. Yeah, it doesn't reference too much previously. It basically explains who the team is. Right. If you're new... You're good. Yes. And based on the credits, there are 
separate pencils and colors for different parts of this issue. So there's like a matters of faith section. So, okay. That's a thing. But we start in a graveyard. Oh, you love a good graveyard. I do. I think we went to Boston and all I wanted to see were the old cemeteries. Yeah. Like I was out there a couple days before and I scoped one out and I'm like, it's basically right across the street from our hotel. Like yeah. we can walk there on the way to get coffee. And you're like, okay. And we walked through it at least, we walked by it many times. Yes. Um, but it was actually nice and cool and it was very hot while we yeah. were in Boston. It was. Okay. There's a shovel digging. Yeah. And commenting, there's always more dirt in the pile than that goes back in the ground. Like it's always a little hump mm-hmm. that you see in movies and yes. comics and he's calling it out. Well, that's because there's something else in there to displace dirt. Yeah, which you think that would come up in conversation, but it doesn't. Uh, what does come up in conversation is the fact that they are burying the evidence. So it's some dude with a potentially evil goatee. Mm. He says stuff like, why bury the evidence? This is way more work than I thought you'd go to. Why don't you just have some kind of zap or something that makes stuff go away? And a shadowy figure in a coat says, like this? And with some orange lightning, basically disintegrates the dude. Yeah, that, I mean, dude never considered he was evidence. No. So. So we got some evilness right off the bat. Yeah, and not going to lie, I didn't really pay attention to what the zapper was wearing. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic four outfit. There's a little bit of bit of gray around the temples oh no we know who that is and he's currently on the shelf shaking a fist at giant galactus he is because you know shaking a fist will really tell galactus off i know so very large hopefully invisible woman doesn't tip over again i know she took a tumble and i was like it's silver surfer it's something like vaguely bluish silverish Anyway. Anyway. Then we open up and the invisible woman has vanished. Is this a repeat? It is a re- it's got I thought that when we one, read two, that in the last four five pages of repeats. Okay, we can six. The quick summary. We have Valeria Franklin. They show up, they're like, something's wrong with our mom. She's gone. And she left in a fantastic car. It came back empty. Our dad's acting real sketch. That's all you basically need to know. Yeah. And Johnny said, don't worry about it. And Ben Graham said, don't worry about it. They're off doing whatever it is that they do. Yep. And yeah, there's a whole har-har moment about the invisible woman has vanished. What does that mean? Yeah. And then Guido, Medrash just puts his mouth over Guido's hand hand over Guido's mouth and says, don't start. Yeah. We've been through this whole pun thing already. We don't need to go down that road again. And we got a fun shot of the team and Franklin and Valeria are just sort of floating there because that's what their jackets can do. Mm. But the team has new outfits. They've got like dual belts going on. Okay. Which is Nothing. a fine fashion choice. Yeah. But I really like the outfits with the higher collars and like the little like V zippy thingy. Yep. With the trim on it, it looks good. So I love a good team shot. Yes. There's 
a lot of the graffiti on this band or on the cheap funeral home that mm. Madbox had purchased. So very creepy. Yeah. So they all get in the car and head over to the Baxter building. And Richter and Shatterstar are being weird. Mm. Shatterstar is like, I am looking for a fight. If I don't use my killing stroke, it will atrophy. And Richter's like, this is probably just nothing. On the other hand, the thing might womp on us just on principle. And Shatterstar is looking forward to it. Mm. On the next page, we get Terry at a hookup. Good for her. And this is another thing I didn't quite get until later. I didn't realize that it was Deadpool. Oh, yeah. It's a yellow text box. Yep. Which we currently see in the current Deadpool run. Yep. And the red and black and some digs being made at like, don't you have to go assassinate someone? And he's like, sure, but if they have to have to wait a day, it won't kill him. And Tara's like, we're done. No. And the text box is like, choke, I miss her already. So. Good for her. Get it, Terry. Yes. Yeah. And we get a very emotional page. Very emo. There's like an image of Madrox behind some cirrus clouds that are over Cassidy Keep. Okay. And below, she's riding a horse through some water, like you do. Like you do in the middle of the night. And the text boxes when are Terry, When Terry pieces out from a hookup, one, is she leaving her house? Is this in real time or is it in his mind? I think this is in Mandox's mind okay. because it's his text boxes narrating it. Okay. Because she wouldn't leave her own house after a hookup. No, I'm... Not would... leaving Deadpool there. I'm, I would not be leaving Deadpool. I also don't... This... But is this Deadpool's place? But his place would not be in Ireland. No. Um, but there's like a little stuffed elephant on a shelf with a Hello Kitty. No. And like a wind-up mouse up above it. Hmm. And it looks far more chic than I would have anticipated for Deadpool's place. Fair. But this like this whole image with Madox's face and the castle and like wispy clouds in front of the moon. Mm-hmm. It is setting a vibe. And he says, every time the phone rings, I hope it's Teresa. Every time there's a knock at the door, I think maybe it's her. I know we'll never be a couple again. That ship has sailed on several levels, not least of which that my mind is still scrambled over Layla. But the way we left it after I showed up back in Detroit, dropped back into my own time courtesy of Doom's time machine. When we parted, she broke my finger, swore the next time would be my neck. And there I was, right back in front of her. She stood there and stared at me, just stared, and then she flew away. Everyone was filled with questions. Where had I been? How did I come back? Did I know about Richter and Shatterstar? <laughs> and I love that Madrox in here is like, the last one, I don't get. Did anyone not know about Richter and Shatterstar? That's Peter David speaking yes. through his character. <laughs> yes. And then we get some panels of Layla, like in a power pose, like very mystic looking power pose. Mm-hmm. She's there, she's gone, we're back together, and she's an adult, and then she's gone again. She's like an emotional washing machine, and I'm caught in her spin cycle. <laughs> I know she'll wander back into my life again, and part of me can't wait for that, and part of me is terrified at the prospect. And the panel image is with, so it's like a 
decreasing size Layla in -hmm. that same position. And in that final panel where he says he's terrified, she's just a shadowy figure. Mm. Some really cool art. Yeah, it's great imagery. A good transition to get us to the Baxter building. And Reed is sort of a dick. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's normal for him or not. It could be. Somewhat, yeah. So he's sort of chastising his kids for dragging X-Factor here. And Valera's like, they weren't dragged, they were retained. And Shatter's... The mistake that we found is that there's a text bubble coming from Shatterstar to say, look, Reed, the kids were clearly upset, so I thought we could, which I don't think Shatterstar had ever met Mr. Fantastic. Mm. Call him Reed. Yeah. But that text bubble was meant for Jamie because Mr. Fantastic responds, no offense, Jamie. Oh, yeah. So that solves that. Yes. The kids are sent to bed. Guido's like, isn't that a bit harsh? And Mr. Fantastic shuts him down with, do you have children, Mr. Strong Guy, is it? Then kindly leave parenting to me and I'll reimburse you for your time. Mm. Good day. It's very much a, oh, good day, sir. Yeah. I said good day. So Mandrax knows something's up. Maybe it is just a family thing, but Reed is very brusque. Good word of the use of the word brusque. That is. And He's got a feeling that there's something. So Guido is, just doesn't sit right with him. He's like, you can't just and sort of reaches out. Mm-hmm. And the thing is there. And of course, there's going to be a brawl because you can't have two super strong dudes right. without a brawl yep. over something dumb. They need to prove themselves. Yeah. So Strong is like, Lego my arm, Grim. And the thing says, sure, as soon as you promise to pack up your two-bit posse and vamoose before things get ugly. No. And Guido says, because you're the expert on ugly, is that it? And you get this image of, it's sort of like a, I don't know if it's enough to be a running gag or not, but that image of Maddox, either physically or mentally, putting his head in his hands, being like, this is not going to end well. (laughs) The beleaguered team leader really regretting something his team is doing. Yes, that is an excellent description. On the next shot, we get Monet at the funeral home. And there's no one there. She's like, why am I walking in here? Why is this completely empty? She goes to a morgue and there's an open drawer. She pulls it open and says, oh my God. Why would you do that? Because she's a superhero and she's awesome. And it's a long shot. We get a full page of long shot on one of those body cadaver drawers. Yeah. And <laughs> with some really good hair. Like the mullet. Oh, yeah. This is doing good things. Like it's flowing well. Yeah, it is. Also with better hair, Richter. Oh, issue 200. Yeah. New uniforms, new haircut for Richter. And Shatterstar's hair is not so great. Mm. He, I feel like he looked better in Vermont. Okay. So Monet screams, long shot, long shot, sits up and says, arg. Monet says, yikes. And someone grabs her shoulder to say, hey, and she just whacks them. And it's like, oh no, are, are you okay? Yeah. And I think this is the Monet outfit 
people were like, I really wish we get a Marvel legend. It's great. It's got like the same sort of piping. So it's red piping on black and there's a white part in the middle. Yes. That carries from the chest down to the interior of the legs. Yes. It's a great look. Yeah. All of them have this sort of, it's sort of like a zipper thing on the mm-hmm. collar. Oh, so good. Um, and there's Darwin smashed up against a wall. Oh. Also with a great look. His, his is black and purple. Oh, yes. So everyone has their colors, which is, it works yeah, for them. It does. And in that like very small text that you know he's like sort of creaking out these words, fine, Monet, I'm fine. I just can't feel anything from the neck up, which is probably good, all things considered. Mm. And Longshot is, he's just hungover. He went drinking with Guido. And he passed out. And, and they Guido was, was like, this will be fun. Uh, I'm surprised they're not using it for filing cabinets or something. Right? <laughs> um, someone is yelling and Longshot's like, oh, my head. Um, I'm not dead, but I wish I was. So um, there's a little bit more dialogue and it ends with Monet saying, great, they're probably in a pointless fight right now. Darwin's like, nah, I'm sure everything's fine. And you get strong guy lacowing into a wall. I love onomatopoeias. Mm. And Valeria commenting, Uncle Ben restrained himself for 27 seconds before getting into a fight. That may be a personal best. Yeah. And Reed is like, don't, don't go there. I will restrain you, Madrox. Your man provoked this brawl. Let him deal with the consequences. And Strong Eyes catches the fist of the thing and basically chokes him, slams him into the floor. Mm. Like there's debris flying everywhere. Yeah. And he just grabs his foot and throws Wh- him around. He whips him around. Yeah. Into the gym. There's some big barbells there. And then they talk about sports ball in that very Mm. like super mass way where they're just like, I know things about this sports ball team from this year. So thing is like, you're a Mets fan, right? And so I was like, at least we came back against Boston in 86. Not like you guys choking four years ago. And the thing apparently is very offended and says, don't bring up the 04 Red Sox. And there's more sports ball talk. Yeah. I and, just, yeah, I just sort of skipped over these text bubbles yeah, and looked at the action. The point is, Shatterstar is hefting a barbell just like the thing is, and he protects Strong Guy from getting his brain bashed in. Mm. And the thing makes fun of his name. Oh, we're just putting together two words now. <laughs> Not sassy spam, dizzy duck, or helmet hair. Okay, that one still works. But. Mm. And then we get to Reed with his arms wrapped, a arm wrapped around Madrox. Um, still won't let Madrox go. And, oh, stop your struggling, Madrox. It won't do any good. I'm like, well, it is doing something. Yeah. Madrox is saying it's doing something. Richter got away with a dupe. So they're checking it out. And the dupe is like, it's this way. I'm positive. I'm absolutely pretty sure. I'm almost positive. And Richard's like, never mind, Valeria gave me directions. Yeah. And everything is quiet, and they're like, oh no, it's the calm before the storm. 
So back at the funeral home. Is that Val Cooper? I see. It is Val Cooper. Rolling up. What? Rolling up. Yes. With her cane. She's got Intel. She's there to talk to Monet. Oh. So Monet previously explaining to Darwin and Longshot that Teresa has gone back to Ireland and she probably won't be back for a while. So maybe she is galloping. In front of the castle. Yeah, in the dark. Through a brook. Yeah, but she was not that great. Um, because I went with her to Cassidy Keep, her ancestral home, to help her recapture her soul, but it didn't work. Every day she got emptier and emptier. Every day she was a little less hairy, and I'm running out of ideas. So, and then Val's there. Val has bad news for Monet. Her, Monet's father has been kidnapped by terrorists, and if their demands are not met, they will film his beheading. No. And she's like, what do they want? And Val says, you. Which is not a great... No, that's not going to make Monet very happy. No. Back at the Baxter building, which at least no one's been flung outside the building because there's a road beneath and cars. And when we went to New York, like, something goes flying out. It's going to land on something. Yeah, it is. So... Um, Shatterstar was saying he wasn't hanging back he was studying things technique what little there was of it basic brawler, lead with your fists depend on roundhouses and uppercuts and your strength and apparently he gets a dig or Shatterstar gets a dig at the thing for being on a honeymoon like because things like yeah I'm a pretty good dancer too Mm. that turns into a sore spot apparently and the thing gets his ass kicked by Shatterstar. Like there's some wild swings and like some little rocks come off of the thing's face as he gets hit in the face with this barbell several times. And but Shatterstar is being a real team player. He's like, don't ever screw with my teammates. Fair. And with the placam, then the thing goes flying out of the building. Into a crowd below. Luckily, everyone dodges. And in reference to the Gladiator movies, Shatterstar yells, are you not entertained? Yeah. Like super beefy wrestler. Yes. And the thing is pissed. And at this point, everyone's like, we're just going to go. Yeah. So Reed releases them. Shatterstar checks on Strong Guy and he's like, I'm fine. Strong Guy does not want any help. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter that we're on a team. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. So, um, Maddox talks to the kids. They're like, oh, that was a ruse, wasn't it? And Maddox is like, yeah. And Valeria's like, the fight was a distraction. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, nice. <laughs> is that, that's how that dialogue goes. Yep. Basically. So, in his thought bubbles, she's, he, oh pronouns madrox prime is saying that kid doesn't miss a trick she's almost as smart as reed the thing is if she figured it out then he should have too which means either he did and didn't care or he didn't and there's even more wrong here than i thought either way i'm not liking this at all and in one panel you get x factor in an elevator going down the next panel their door is closed and the elevator right next to it opens up with the thing saying 
where is he? <laughs> and some great comedic timing. Yes. So back at HQ with a little bit of ear shakes from Nick. Oh, he has settled down. Oh. He is going to be a very floofy loaf. Yes, he was um, perking up for this next turn in the story. Yes. Dear listener, if you are a baker and you let your dough rise, and then it's right when you take it out in that very floofy, bubbly phase, that's Nick when he is a loaf. He's a very floofy bun. He is. Anyway. Um... Val is trying to get Monet to simmer a little. Um, it's not that simple, Monet. You can't just go there. Uh, she, Monet is like, oh, yes, it is. They want me. Fine. They get me. And once they have me, I'll strangle them with their own spines. And Longshot is a little dense. He's mm. like, but won't they already be dead when mm. you need to? And I realize you are now speaking in hyperbole. And perhaps it would be best for me to shut up. And Madrox walks in, and Madrox tries to form a question, and Monet already knows the answers. Like, Terry's not with me. And Val sort of catches Madrox back up. Just Val has a security briefing in an hour, she'll be back. And they give Monet some space, which is good because she sort of falls apart a little. Yeah. When they get the others back together, they grab a Bobby or they bring the bobby pin that they found in the fantastic car. There's some expo- exposition. Yes. The dupe and Richter found the bobby pin in the fantastic car. And so they need a long shot to do his little impression thingy. Yeah. It's almost like chrono skimming with Rachel. Yeah. Like you can see Except the- she hers is in a specific location. His is connected to objects. Yes. So, and it's kind of cool. We get this sort of black and white image that contrasts against the color panels of what's happening in real time. But he's in the fantastic car with a fantastic woman. I kind of like this outfit for Invisible her. Invisible woman. Oh, did I say fantastic woman? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it's an ugly-ass car, but her outfit is good. Oh, the fantastic car has always been like an airborne tub. Yes. For decades, it's an airborne tub. Bathtub is an accurate descriptor yeah um but she's got this cool jacket thingy and her outfit looks like it has pockets i hope or at least some texture where pockets would be mm. and like a sensible ponytail like who was it that there was always someone who's just like these people superhero women in there like that hairstyle would never do that outfit would never do and this is much more like action-based of an outfit mm-hmm. So they're in the car, they're being pulled through some sort of spatial rift, and Madrox's text bubble or internal monologue is saying, Oh god, I hate spatial rifts. Yeah. Fair. And they're they come through, they're out the other side, it's cold, it's dark. Longshot is saying, There's someone coming, a woman, and she's looking right at me. So hard to see her. I can't quite. Oh, she's saying something. And in real time, we get Madrox right up in Longshot's face saying, what is she saying? Mm -hmm. And Longshot says, hello, you're, and you turn the page and it's Layla Miller. Yep. It's super exciting. She's got this whole, like, 
cloak thing going with a scary forest behind her. She has the hood up. And it's all black and white because it's the the, the vision. vision. Yep. But it's very noir. Yes. Very like underlit, mm-hmm. making her spooky. You're a long shot, aren't you? And Longshot's saying, Yes. How how are you? And Layla says, seeing you? Yeah, I do stuff like that. We haven't actually met. I'm Layla Miller. Welcome to Latveria. If you ever have the chance, try the bratwurst. It's to die for. Ooh, I mean, I could go for one of those. We had them last night. I, well, not not Latverian bratwurst. Oh, yes. Yes. Besides like evil doombots, maybe that's their second most popular export. Maybe. Yes. But it's such a good reveal. It is. Oh. And there's a little X in the bottom corner, which means it's the end of a story. And we get to the other one that we mentioned when we got to that credits page at yep. the beginning, the matters of faith. And it's Terry at Sean Cassidy's grave. Yes, she's finally coming to terms with her father's death, it seems like. Yeah. And shout out to Gray Malkin Lane. I didn't know that. Uh, Banshee didn't know about her for so long and then like yeah the trial of Banshee yeah give it a listen folks I was uh, on that trial and my favorite line of yours was something about like he got her a castle like that makes up for a lot yes like he did not being there he didn't know about her and then he gave her his castle yes it counts for something yeah <laughs> And so she's talking to him. Um, she was like, I never should let them bury you in the States. You belong here with the ancestors in the church graveyard. And I'm warning you, if you come back from the dead, after we've gone through all the trouble we went to, I'll kill you. And she starts crying. And someone hands her a handkerchief. It's a priest. And it's Father Reverend Maddox. It is. He took a flight over, apparently. Yeah. And Terry just says you. And then we get like the the splash page of him, her decking him across the face. Think like, yeah. how dare you, Madrox? Yes. She doesn't know that it's Maddox. She's, yeah, she's beating up a priest, though. Yes. Um and then she, after he's like on the ground, she's like, Wait, you didn't multiply, you don't have the M tattoo and he's like can i have it back please and she's like the tattoo and he's like no with the handkerchief i'm bleeding Mm. so we get this really great character development piece for siren Mm -hmm. i'm a fan of this she also has a comfy looking sweater yes it's like the knives out sweater yes that you've got multiples of yes and so she explains, or he explains that he's Reverend John Maddox and being attacked. Sort of what seems to happen a lot when I'm nearby members of X Factor. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were Madrox Prime. And he's like, oh, the appropriate response to Jamie offering you something to dry your tears would be a right cross. And now she's skeptical, like, he sent you, didn't he? And she's like, someone sent you, Guido. And he's like, I was sightseeing. And apparently he was. Hmm. So I'm a priest. I'm in Ireland as part of a seminar. I thought I'd see some of the old churches. Lo and behold, there you are. 
Although we don't actually know. Maybe it was Monet who sent him over. It could have been. Or at least like a ticket to a seminar. Yeah. To be like, go. This is in the neighborhood. Um, but there's some context. Oh, Guido may not have sent me, but he did tell me some time ago about what happened to you. Oh, mm-hmm. when they were in Vermont. Yeah. When they met Chatterstar. And she does not want to talk. And she also, as she's walking away, she clarifies that she's not a member of X Factor anymore. And Reverend is confused. And she's like, you said that you get attacked when you're nearby members of X Factor. I'm not a part of it anymore. I needed to clear that up. And he's like, you needed to? She's like, wanted to. And they eventually get to talking after she walks away and then comes back again. Mm. I mean, and she's going off about like, what does God want from me? I talked to all these priests and you got these little panels of various priests being like, it's all part of God's plan. God doesn't give us any more hardships that we can handle. God loves you. All these sort of cliche statements. Yeah. And so she's like, so maybe you can save both of us some time. You're just going to give me the same old. And he just says, God hates you. Yeah. And she's like, um, real okay. harsh. None of the other priests said that. <laughs> He's like, did you punch any of them? Yeah. And so he goes off, like, seriously, God hates you. He looked down and said, Teresa Cassidy has really pissed me off. And I'm going to keep better her until she breaks because I really have nothing better to do. And she's like, okay, yeah, fine. I get it. Mm. And he's like, no, you don't. Bad things happen, Teresa, to me, to you, to everyone. And it's random and it's unfair because that's the way the world is. So what you're saying, God, you're not saying God has a plan. And the reverend's like, I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe it's a good plan. Or maybe it's a lousy plan. Maybe at the dawn of man, it was God who fell, not Lucifer, and everything else has been one massive cover-up. And yeah. And how are we supposed to get through each day, huh? We get through each day because of what God gave us. And he says that each other. And then they're like on the cusp of a breakthrough when there's a shot. And it is a fawn who has been shot by some hunters. It's very sad. Yeah. And Siren eased the shit out of him. Because his poor mama dear. Yes. Um, Terry lands. And they're going back and forth again about like, they said it was a banshee and a banshee is a woman. It's weird that my dad took that as his title. Maybe I will take that title. Um, and that poaching they're poaching in my forest I let them off too e- too easy and the mama deer keeps booping her I know out of the way and lays down next to her fawn so yeah it's such a it's a very nice moment it ends with the two the reverend and Terry embracing she's had like an emotional breakthrough she has and then there's another little X for the end of the story. Yeah. Then we get a double page spread of every single cover of X Factor leading up to issue 200. Yeah. Starting way back, I think it was in 86 is when X Factor started. Yeah, with the, with the, the original five. And all these other people keep showing up. This, like there's some archangel things. There's a dude who looks like Slammer with a lot of teeth on one of these mm. covers. There's some Quicksilver. And then we get a reprint of 
Mad Rocks. Yeah, we get... Oh, we get handbook entries first for every character. Yes, so there's a page from Multiple Man, and it's kind of fun how there's like different little inserts of art. There's the original like green outfit that you can see on Mr. Scott Free. Yes. Um, that looks real good with the all the gold lines and circles. Mm-hmm. And then there's the emo one that we get. There's John Maddox. There's Baby Sean. Oh. Oh. And then... Like the we- weird blue thing with a cowl. And then the blue thing with a cowl with a trench coat. Second X-Factor uniform. There are so- some fugitive costumes. Although I can't remember if that was from them pretending to be something else. Or that so, comes later. So anyway, these are all handbook entries for each member of the team. Yeah. So like an update to handbook entries. Yes, it was like a little thingy at the end that sort of summarizes it all with height, weight, eyes, hair, abilities, access- accessories, and a little power grid. So he gets three for intelligence, three for strength, two for speed, three for durability, one for energy projection, and four for fighting skills. Mm. Then we get some Layla Miller and the different images that we've had of her as an adult, as a teeny bopper, as like a tree teeny bopper. And she gets half a page. Yeah, I mean, it depends. One of the full pages, not that Madrox got three. Yes, it depends, just like in the actual handbooks. So she's got four for intelligence, two for strength, two for speed, two for durability, one for energy projection, and two for fighting skills. Hmm. We've got some Darwin here. Except he has some like yellow boosters on his stats. Right. We've got some Siren and Wolf. This one where like her hair is this whole other monster. Yes. The 90s were a different time. Yes. Um. And honestly, out of the four looks featured here, her X-Factor one is the best. It's got mm. the cape. It's got the little circles. The boob cutout. Well, it does not involve Which stripes, is also a circle. And it doesn't involve like this weird purple gold combo. Mm. Um, it's just so good. She's got two intelligence, two strength, four speed, two durability, Five for energy projection and three for fighting skills. Mm. I feel like she's shown off more fighting skills than that. M gets a decent entry, which I would direct people here if you're confused about who she is composed of. I read this and it was very late at night because I would kept binging all these issues. And I'm like, I, I can't. I can't yeah. follow what's happening. Um, she's got five intelligence, four strength, three speed. Five durability, four energy projection, and four fighting skills. And we're going to get more into her when we have an episode with Michelle Waffle-Otero about Generation X. Now that you've finished it, she's a big fan, I'm a big fan, and obviously Monet is a big part of that team. Yes, so. and it's got like all three of her Generation X costumes in here, her X-Core costume, um, a little thing with the twins and with pennants. And plate. Which is M dash plate. Oh, yes, not E M P L A T E. Yes. There's one for Strong Guy. He has a little strength booster. There's Richter, Richter. with a yellow bar, indicates pre depowering. Oh. 
his like super hunky 90s version with the funky hair and then like a very punk one from mm-hmm. x-force we've got long shot with his mullet Shatterstar with short hair and long hair they're and focusing a lot on hair here i know but it's and all his outfits are sort of the same yeah they are yeah, it's like the weird. Sometimes there's a cape. Sometimes there's not. That like it's not really a helmet. It's a thing that frames his face. Yes. I don't know if that's a cowl or not. And then issue one of the Mad Rocks miniseries, which you can hear at the beginning of this season of our podcast. Yeah. Was... So it was a fun issue. Two hundred. A lot happened. A yep. lot character wise. Like there's a new case for them to work on. M's got her B plot happening. Yep. Terry has had a moment. In case people are wondering where she went, now we know. Yes. So, a lot of fun that's setting up the next story arc, basically. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, like, landmark issue. And as you say, like, it's that first story in there. If someone had not read X Factor before and picked it up, like, mm-hmm. they would be intrigued. Yes. There's this other big, famous team that's involved that's acting real sketch. Yes. And then lead with that go into the terry thing to be like oh why they kept referencing this other person and it's a good stepping off point yeah so people stepping on point not stepping off oh i suppose that makes more sense yes so people should come to this issue if you've been listening along this is a great time to start reading as well so it is it like as much as comics are scary for how much there is before you get there like This is a very good, not intimidating way to start. True. All right. Well, tell us what you think of issue 200 or anything leading up to it. Over on Instagram, we are at X Factor Files Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Um, We haven't asked anyone to rate us lately. Go on iTunes or something and say nice things, I guess. Hopefully nice things. Yeah. Um, Through our podcast host, there's like a fundraising link. And if you want to do that at any point, um, we have our local rabbit rescue linked there. Oh, yeah. They just took in a mama bun. Yes. And seven baby buns, one of which has not made it. So um, they do good stuff. And they are why we have Nick and Nora munching in the background right now. So and Nick is giving us a look like, dads, what are you doing? Yes. He doesn't understand podcasting. No. But he does understand eating hay. He does. So he has a, a nice crispy bit right now that he's exploring. Well, everyone, catch us next week um, where we will be reviewing a clutch of issues following this one. Who knows how many? It's however many I grab out of the box, probably. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yes. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.